think you should take one hit of that weed. Weed. Okay. <laughs> and I think you'll have a really good time. And enjoy it, man. All right. That I have any problem with people uh, smoking pot. I think it's actually uh, uh, seems to be a fine herb. Let that settle up, man. What would you want me smoking? Hey, you are here. Hello, everybody. It's Jeremy. And DJ. And we are here for the Good Life Store podcast. Oh, my gosh. It's been forever since we've been on on here doing this. So excited to be back. Yeah. Sorry for the long break. Uh, we had lost access to our bank, so we could not process payments online, which means that there's nothing really to promote. So we took a break, and we went ahead and went through and got our banking situation taken care of so now that's under control and we are back online thank goodness oh geez it has been a couple of months the original plan was supposed to be a week and a half but it turned into two months of dealing with these people that's the beauty of working in the cannabis space you do not get access to uh reliable funding or for banking for that matter so it has been a journey yeah not to mention the fact they make you jump through hoops to get it yeah but i think it's i think it's well worth it in the at the end of the day we are up we're not having any concerns about going back down so the long way always seems to be the best way and that's what we did so nobody can tell us no now. All the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. We're good. You damn right. You want weed, we gotcha. <laughs> so how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. It's been pretty uh intense, I think, on, on everybody's side. I don't I don't know about for you, but uh my anxiety with the way that the world is right now is astronomical. It's through the roof. Oh, I've been going through some personal stuff, but I finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, that's good, and I'm, I, you know, you know, I'm here for you whenever you need me. <laughs> All right, so we're we are talking about work, uh, cannabis in the workplace today, and we we want to go ahead and say that everything we say comes along with some personal responsibility. In this episode, in particular, we're not advocating that anyone use uh, marijuana or any drugs for that matter. Well. I don't know if you really count, count that as a drug. Uh, don't use anything that would hinder your ability to uh, stay alive. So, yeah, don't do not do drugs at work or anything like that. But we wanted to explore the uh, topic of workplace consumption with cannabis in terms of testing, in terms of how employers look at it, uh, how we look at it, and how the naysayers look at it. So we want to kind of cover it from all angles. But before we do that, we have gotten some big, big news as of yesterday. Have you heard about the news? Are you talking about Biden? I am talking about President Biden. Uh, basically, he, he wrote an executive order that uh, makes it to where it's a pardon for people that are in prison for marijuana. And that is huge. It is a awesome, awesome thing that he's doing for these people 
it's just let's just let's get into it just a little bit. I have a, a clip here. This is more of the news things and not actually President Biden talking. But here's a summation of what happened. Tonight, a new executive action from President Biden pardoning thousands of Americans convicted of simple marijuana possession under federal law. Let's get right to our senior White House correspondent, Mary Bruce. She's live at the White House with late reporting. Mary? David, the president has now pardoned all people of, with a marijuana conviction, with marijuana possession under federal law. That clears about 6,500 people convicted between 1992 and 2021. Biden saying sending people to jail for simple possession has upended too many lives, saying it's time to right these wrongs. And he is also urging governors to pardon those convicted of state charges, which make up for the vast majority of convictions. The president is also ordering his administration to review how marijuana is classified, saying that it makes no sense that it is a Schedule One drug in the same class as heroin and LSD. But David, the big picture here, this is an important first step towards decriminalization. The president is making good on a promise he made during the campaign. David, of course, this announcement coming just 33 days before the midterm elections. David. Major move from the- Hell yeah. Way to go, Biden. Yes. And and I want to definitely also make a statement that this is not us being uh, pro pro anything or pro anyone. This is a move that was made obviously for political reasons. He's trying to get some votes. I think this is going to get him some votes for sure. Uh, this is a long time coming, and to be honest with you, whether it's political or not, I could give a shit less. Good job. About time that someone did something for the people. Same here, because just. The schedule one of it, like the way the government has it scheduled right now, they say it's more dangerous than fentanyl. Yeah. And it's, that's crazy to me. It's insane. Like, and another thing about the, the, you know, it being a schedule one, that means that it has no medicinal value. Like that's garbage. Exactly. Just on its surface, you can take all the rest of it away. That fact alone, it shouldn't be a schedule one drug. Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely not uh, leading us in a direction that's bad, that's for sure. And it's definitely not all the way there yet. They, uh, this has a long way to go. You know, it has a lot of basis that it has to cover. Um, I'm glad that he's pushing it down to the governors of the state saying, hey, guys, come on, support it. You're going to see who's on board in a bipartisan uh stance on this and that's that's really really what we need right now in the country is we need for our representatives to get their head out of their ass stop doing things for party and start doing things for people and and i would hope that that extends down to the people level too i know that it's so partisan right now i I know that everyone has their opinion and it's you know everyone is so on a side i would ask you to take a step back from whatever side you're on and let's start voting in good people you know, that that would be where I think would help the country start to heal. If we could get off of this nonsense of Republican versus Democrat or Democrat versus Republican and we get down to policy, we get down to what are you going to do for the people? And I think if we do that, the country will be OK. But if we keep going down this road of crazy, uh, you know, fight and death, I voted blue just because it was blue. Be uh, damned. It's garbage. It yeah. yeah. And, and it. Well, well, let's just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it leads to the conversation about marijuana in the workplace whenever you're talking about uh, 
wiping, wiping away the decriminalization of it. Where does that mean or where does that put the employer? Uh, we'll get into my, uh, our personal opinions on it here in a bit, but let's go and see what a the progressive side of the uh, equation looks at it. The ones that are looking into the future and not necessarily focusing on the past. Let's see how they take a look at it. And this is a company that's uh, doing things a little different. This is my first job. This is your college. first job. My first real job. And this is your first time rolling a joint? It is my first time rolling a joint. A lot of firsts going on. It's because of this woman, Rosie Matteo. She hired Trisha to join her PR firm. They represent 60 companies that all work in the cannabis industry and hope they can help weed become less taboo at other workplaces, too. I much prefer, as a CEO of a company, to have my employees go out after work and consume cannabis and do things together, as opposed to you know going out and having some drinks and coming in hungover the next day. So I think people need to look at this as just a different culture now. Cannabis is part of mainstream culture and we're embracing that as well. Just how big of a business are we talking about? This year alone, cannabis industry in the U.S. will do $24 billion, according to estimates. Five years from now, $100 billion. There are no other industries that are growing at this pace. The receptiveness to marijuana is only increasing. This is the climb in America's support. 30 years ago, 16%. Today, about two-thirds of Americans. And now some major corporations are adjusting with the times. Amazon, the biggest? saying in a statement this summer, we've changed course. We will no longer include marijuana in our comprehensive drug screening program and will instead treat it the same as alcohol use. In just today, the NBA saying it will not subject players to random drug tests for marijuana this season. Companies are coming to grips with the fact that society has changed its view of marijuana usage dramatically. And laws in cities and states are changing too. Here in New York, a company cannot fire you for using marijuana outside of work hours. And if you're applying for a job, that company, they can't turn you down because of a positive test. But most states have yet to grant those protections. And many companies are able to rely on federal drug testing laws for safety-sensitive jobs. Federal rules require substance testing for certain kinds of jobs, like truck drivers. Essentially, your message to employers is get used to this. The tide is changing. People are choosing cannabis. And employers have to embrace that if they want great talent. Matteo is paving the way for some other employers just to get with it. Cheers. Hmm. I, I can't disagree with their stance. We take the same stance here. Um, yeah. You're, it's about personal responsibility. You know, uh, don't take it too far. Use it responsibly. Use it as intended. And you'll actually get some good results. And uh, let's not forget uh, employers out there that require drug tests. I hate to break it to you, but you're limiting your talent pool. Uh, the talent, in, in my experience, there's a lot of talent in the, uh, in the pot area of, oh, yeah. of employees. Some of my greatest ideas have come to me while I was high. And, and not only that, as an employer, do I want my people going home at the end of a long day, getting blitz drunk out of their mind, possibly risking wanting to go out and get in their car and possibly hurting someone or hurting themselves, or just on the other side of the equation, on the simple innocent side of the equation, do I want my employees showing up to work hungover as shit the next day? Nope. No, I, I want production. I want them to 
have a good day. You know? And and from what we've seen, because of where we're at, our employees are happy. They're so happy. Uh, we start every day with a joint. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not promoting workplace use, but if not, you use a response, yeah, like yeah. And obviously we're, we're a dispensary. We, right. we kind of carry, you kind of, it kind of comes with the territory. That's one side of the, uh, that's the extreme side of it. But the, from even the con- most conservative businesses out there, it should be on a case by case basis, uh, especially when it comes to the hiring process. What are you hiring this person to do? Are you hiring them to get behind heavy machinery? Are you hiring them to take care of others in a medical setting or something like and that? In that case, obviously, no. You yes. Don't want them high. Common sense. But if you got somebody who's trying to design your website, let them get high. Let's get some better testing out there. Yeah. You know, like let's put some money into tests that tell someone how long it's been since they've consumed or a test that just shows this person is not physically inebriated. They have it for alcohol. Why can't we have it for pot? Yep. Uh, So yeah, the tide is definitely turning in the workplace. Um, I'm super excited about it. I know the, the one thing we hear as a dispensary every day, we have people coming in that are begging, begging for pot. And it's very, very sad when they find out that hemp, you're going to fail a drug test with it just the same. And you kind of see them deflate. And the, the part that's been successful for us with some customers is we explain it to them. We give them information. Uh, we give them handouts so that they can go back to their bosses, give them the information I've even talked to a couple of bosses where it's been a situation where it's like, is this person talented for you? Do they mess up your business or do they make it better? They said, well, obviously it makes it better, but I don't want this person to fail a drug test. And then I lose that talent. I said, so then lower your... Don't drug test them. Stop. (laughs) Like, okay, if you want to test them, but if pot shows up on the drug test... It's okay. You I'm don't actually, have to fire that person. Exactly. I'm actually starting to see more and more people that I honestly did not think that I would see start going, it's just pot. I'm not worried about that. Just as long as you don't fail for anything else. My yeah. sister being one of them blew my mind. She owns her own company and she used to be dead set against it. And now that she's working at the hospital and got her own company, she's actually telling some of her, her people, just go see my sister. Like yeah. They got pain management stuff up there. Go, go, go see her blows my mind because she was one of the most conservative people I'd ever met when it came to marijuana. Oh yeah. Uh, you'll see later on in the episode, I get more into the, you know, personal political side of things uh, with, with how either side looks at it. And it's good to see people on both sides now saying, no, this is one that we can all common, we can all have a common agreement on this. Yes. Yeah, so here, uh, the next clip is going to be from a company that uses heavy machinery. So they have their stance, obviously, and just the same as the last video, I support this stance as well. You know, it's what we're trying to paint a picture for you is that not everything is black and white. Uh, Just because I sell pot doesn't mean that I believe that every worker in the workforce needs to have pot at all times. So just... Like I said, a common sense approach to it. So here is uh, an employer of heavy machinery. Relief finally here for some Ohioans who've been waiting years to legally buy and use medical marijuana. But 
Some employers are now faced with a new challenge. Should they change their drug-free workplace policy or allow employees to use pot while on the job? NBC4's Tyler Carter joining us now here in the studio to explain what companies could do here. Tyler? Yeah, Mark and Colleen, there are only two choices companies can make. Allow employees to use medical marijuana or ban it from the workplace. House Bill 523 leaves the decision in the employer's hands. Advanced CNC Machining in Grove City makes manufacturing parts for companies locally and nationally. With more than 40 workers, the company has a drug-free workplace policy. So we've been drug-free since 2007, and the reason why we went drug-free was because um, workers' comp claims. Jeremy Hamilton, owner of Advanced CNC Machining, says they found that workers' comp claims went from four year down to one in four years after enforcing a drug-free workplace policy. And the plan is to keep it that way. Marijuana is the number one drug as far as prevalence of testing. Working Partners is a training consultant firm in Canal Winchester that collaborates with businesses primarily on drug-free workplace issues. This new law doesn't have to change their policy in essence. I think what one of the problems is, is that there's so many misconceptions about that from the employer and the employee side. Pierce says it's important that employers have a conversation with their employees and make sure they know the company's drug policy. Medical marijuana users don't have the same rules in Ohio as patients who take prescription drugs. Employers have the right to allow the use of medical marijuana in their company or not. Even with medical marijuana coming on and being allowed in uh, some places, for us, we decided we're going to stay the course and uh, continue to be drug-free. Now, Working Partners says the regulations on medical marijuana is a state-by-state -state case. It's important to know the law and whatever state companies have employees in and what the law says if you are a company that is federally regulated. Local for you in the studio, Tyler Carter, NBC4. Yeah, it's it, it's different for every scenario, which is why I believe that it should be covered on a not just a state by state basis, but you got to leave this stuff in the business's hands. No one knows their business better than the business itself. Right. So, we'll see what we'll see what comes of all of it. It's a it's an interesting side of the argument, you know, when it comes to workplace safety and things like that. I get it. I, I would actually go as far as saying I understand if all businesses said no use at all uh, while you were on the clock. In that case, if you want to use on the clock, go get a job at a dispensary or, you know, within the industry. <laughs> <laughs> then problem solved. Exactly. But uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I, I would be in support of that. But it's the after work stuff. It's the, that's the stuff that I feel it needs to be regulated. You know, it need, it need, there needs to be some some loose uh, some loosening of the the, the rules. Yeah. yeah. And also, I believe that the stigma of cannabis uh, it's it's slowly going away, but it's definitely going away. I you know, obviously, we see it more than most people. But when we started this this idea and moving into the hemp space, who did you think are primary customer base was going to be oh i thought we were going to have to be id and pretty much everybody who walked through that door i thought i was going to have to question every single little young thing walking through there wanting to know if they were 21 yep. and 
it's the exact opposite. Yeah, it's... We've got our 60s and 70s babies all day long. It's so strange. Yeah. It, it's it's super interesting to me that, you know, now we know who our customers are. We know, we know how to talk to them. We know where to get them. But it's completely opposite than where I thought it was going to be. It almost makes me wish my grandparents were still alive because I'd be looking at them going, so... You want to tell me about your childhood? Because uh, the way you raised me is not what I'm seeing from the majority of the people in this town. Well, you see the fear drop away from older people more so than younger people. Younger people tend to be into it not so much for the health reasons. I mean, obviously, some of them are into it for the health reasons. But majority of people of the younger demographic are going to be coming in for the anxiety, for the depression, mm-hmm. for the... Get just get me through this damn day. Exactly. You know, versus the older crowd seems to be like I have these specific issues. I need to take have it taken care of. I love it when an older person comes in that's open minded and allows you to show them what's possible. To me, those are the best kind of customers. I love seeing the customers come in that are right on the brink of retirement, and they're like, "I got two more weeks, and I'm coming to see you. I got two more weeks, and I'm coming to get that." Like, they're just so excited to be able to explore outside of what a doctor can give them well, they're just to wait. help manage everything. Yeah, they're waiting on their freedom. hmm <laughs> So, we take it, obviously, like we said, from a different angle. I just wanted to throw in this next clip to show that we're not the only ones that think this way. I think that I get better results out of my employees because we allow them to smoke on the job or because we allow them to partake Uh like I said, I'm not recommending it. it to everybody. But here's another business that has that same mindset. You'll you'll recognize this person. What kind of boss are you? Would you allow your employees to smoke weed at the job? Are they allowed to? They are? Oh, yeah. As long so, as it doesn't impede their uh, performance or their ability to do their job like i'd be the most hypocritical boss in the universe if i told people they couldn't smoke weed <laughs> had to throw that laugh in there at the end that for laugh you kills me <laughs> seth rogan of houseplant and obviously an actor he's uh if you don't know anything about seth rogan and his his journey into the weed business he, he created this company called houseplant they have their own line of weed out in uh, california uh, let's see. I think I have, yeah, I have some houseplant stuff here. That's a houseplant ash, ash catcher. These nifty little, you know, all these cool little super expensive ceramic pieces. I'm trying to tell Stacy to get into the ceramic stuff because I, hey, dude over here selling it for a thousand dollars a piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the money's at. Hmm. But you know, the, for creative businesses, uh, for, for, for people that have, where they feel like the creativity is a vital p- portion of their business, I would wholeheartedly push them onto that. Oh yeah. You know, push them onto expand, expanding their ideas about actually bringing pot into the workplace, not just handing it out willy nilly, but you know, if you have someone that their creative juices get flowing with pot, like, why would you hinder that? Well, you know, no two people are the same, and everybody in this building consumes. I do not at work because I know how it affects my my ability to do the numbers, to do payroll, and I'm not trying to mess that up. Mm-hmm. I get home, though, and I'm hitting the pen or I'm taking gummies. I'm okay to be giggly and, you know, basically 
a ditz when I get home. I can't do that here. Do you think that that comes from our exposure to these products, our vast exposure to these products? To you, you can shove a pound of weed in front of my face, and I'm gonna be like, oh, it's a cool pound, right? And then I'm gonna keep going. For like, I think that's the stigma. You know, that's the thing that employers or people that are not necessarily into they do it for fun. Or, right. or they do it under the radar. For, mm-hmm. for, that seems to be how they approach it. Like, oh, you know, hey. Yeah, probably shouldn't hey, be me, doing that. Versus if you were to take all those stigmas off and all those fears off and like how we have it, it's not a big deal to us. No. Like, hey, I need to, earlier, super stressed out. Just go grab a joint, go outside, smoke, come back in. All is right in the world, yep. you know, and I, I'm not super high. I'm, my intent is not to get high. And that is, that's another thing that I think would be great with losing the stigma and, and decriminalizing everything and making it federally legal is people are just so much more chill. People are so much more relaxed. They're easier to get along with. You could have had the shittiest of shitty days and you can smoke a joint and just kind of relax and forget all about it. Mm-hmm. The, the world would just be such a much better place, in my opinion, if yeah. we all just got high. <laughs> I mean, we might have world hunger, but we just all need to get high. <laughs> we definitely have the hunger situation going on. Give half the population THCV. There we go. There we go. <laughs> all right. So in order to understand what's going on with all of these things and with the war on drugs... Let's go back and let's take a look and see where it all came from. Where all this started with uh, weed being a Schedule One drug. Spoiler alert: comes from the government. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In 1970, President Nixon signed the Controlled Substances Act. The act divided a list of drugs into five categories, or schedules, based on their potential for abuse and medicinal value. Drugs in Schedule 1 were made illegal for all purposes. Category 1 is the most dangerous drugs, and that's where marijuana is, like right next to heroin. To justify this decision, President Nixon hired a group of doctors and legal experts known as the Schaefer Commission to study the dangers of marijuana. But when they found that marijuana was not as detrimental to health as assumed, Nixon ignored their report. Instead, he placed marijuana at the forefront of a war on drugs that would last decades. Despite the complex matrix of laws under which cannabis has been legalized, the industry continues to grow. And there are some signs that things may eventually change at the federal level, including a push to allow cannabis companies to access banking services and to be taxed like other businesses. A $17 billion industry that doesn't have access to financial services. It's an invitation to money laundering, to theft, to tax evasion. In addition, a lot of federal legislation is aimed at providing more support for people of color, potentially requiring states to reconsider the convictions or expunge the records of people who had previously been convicted of marijuana-related crimes. I think that's an essential part of the restorative justice that needs to take place. Eventually, the federal government will will stop this craziness and will take marijuana out of Schedule 1. Well, that's what Biden yeah. Biden is pushing for as of this morning. So. It's, yeah, it's happening for sure. I think it's interesting though. Whenever you get to there is the part there where the guy was it was a 
some someone on the Senate or Congress or something where he was basically saying, you know, these people don't have access to federal funding to the banking system and things like that. You're opening the door for money laundering. I'm going to tell you as someone that's deep into this industry, the temptation of going down the road of money laundering and things like that are so real because we get punched in the face by financial institutions or just by anyone associated with the federal government in any, any on any level marketing advertising daily. they want they do not want you to succeed nope. flat out and they we've gone down this path of basically being shoved to the bottom uh, and and forgotten you know I mean we we were a thriving business that just slowly got worked up down to this this model that we have now. The model is not here by choice. The model is here by force. Yeah, uh, they basically came in and pulled the rug out from underneath of us. Yeah, and it makes no sense. We're we're a tax paying. I I want to pay my fair share, you know. Yeah. But I did a TikTok the other day talking about this very issue and and the the financial burdens behind being in this industry. It sucks. It, it sucks really bad, and, and it's not just us. It's everyone in this industry. So I'm hoping that this move from the federal government opens up the banking system to us. It opens up the uh, need to, to have resources as a small business. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, can can we get some of that federal money too? Like, we're over here in American companies struggling just like everybody exactly. else. So let's hope that things change. But another, uh, another point from that one was the, uh, the removing the, the what they say, removing the charges, basically expunging mm. records for those that are in, in jails and prisons for marijuana related charges. You know, back, can, are there still people that are still in prison from like the 70s and I, 80s? I actually did research on that before the show. Um, I believe 15 are in prison right now for just marijuana-related marijuana. charge. And it was only marijuana. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like trafficking spend, or something like that. Imagine having to spend half of your life, though, in prison because of a plant that actually helps people. Yeah, and even more, what if the, some of these people were in legal states where they were told it was okay? And now, like, oh, I couldn't imagine. Like, the heartbreak. Yeah, well, you know, and it comes down to also the big question would be, why you know if there's all this if you take a state like Colorado where the the tax revenue from weed is in the billions you know and and it's it's giving them new roads it's giving the state new life uh, and and it's pushing the state more into the of being a force in the economy when you look at that and you say well why aren't all these other states doing it 19 have done it federally right now or have done it uh, in, within uh, recreational and then I think it's 36. Over half the states have medical programs. Like, mm-hmm. what is the problem? The problem, in my opinion, is because there's a lot of links in those chains that get paid along the way. There's a lot of agencies that get paid. Each prisoner is worth a certain amount of money to yep. the government. Uh, there's so many reasons behind it that are just downright capitalistic, nasty. Uh, money hungry. Yeah, capitalistic reasons mm-hmm. uh, the sort root of all evil and and it sucks that now most likely because of a voting cycle and and or to to win votes that this has happened so what does it take 
for our government to finally step up and do something for our people. Well, now we know. Well, I don't votes think it's- and power and, and all the same shit. So I don't know. It kind of sucks that we're in we're not in a different scenario. But let's hope that people wake up and see that no, no, you're going to keep doing things for us. Like keep keep. That's what I was moving say things is forward. America needs to wake up and realize that that we need to start getting the right people in power. And get the people who are free thinking, get the people who are forward thinking into these offices. Read their to, policies. Yeah. Ask exactly. their questions. Uh, or go to town halls and ask these people questions. It's infuriating to me that people are okay with someone getting on a stage and just throwing out talking points like they're on Fox News or yeah. like they're on CNN or whatever. Like, where is your answer for mm-hmm. yourself and your constituents? Not something that you regurgitated because you yeah. heard somebody else say it. You know, if everybody could get into their local municipalities, you know, we could go to the Lee County, the board meetings that they have and whatnot, and we could start raising questions. How do y'all feel about this? And actually get to know um, your your commissioners and your everybody else and see where they're at and ask mm-hmm. them, why do you feel that way? If, if, if it's a bad way, you know, if they've got a, yeah. a negative stigma behind it, why do you feel that way? And then educate them. And then they can go off and they can educate the bigger ones, the governor and this, that, and the other. And maybe yeah. we can start a whole movement where all we've got to do is start local. And when you see that person that's on the stage, just making excuses or, or touting talking points, that tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. They're not for the people. They're for the big big government. They're mm-hmm. for uh, whatever. They're for the people that are lining their pockets. Exactly. Let's start wading through the bullshit and let's get down to brass tacks on this is the policy. What are your thoughts on the policy? Oh, an excuse, a political answer? I'm not fucking voting for you. Yeah. I'm going to vote for the person that gives me a legitimate answer. Could you imagine walking into like a town hall meeting of some kind? I said town hall like we're in the 60s. But could you imagine walking into one of those and having a joint? One of ours, because it's completely legal. Walking in there and going, anybody want to hit this with me? I mean, it's legal. <laughs> and I, w- I would love to see jaws drop and see how many people actually looked at me and took me up on it. The scary or how thing is, hit is me that up afterwards, like, hey, would you have? It, you'd probably be thrown in jail for it, and it'd be sorted <laughs> out the next day, right? <laughs> and then the 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 story that would come out behind it would be like, woman sparks up joint. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Um, it's it's sad on a lot of levels to see that. We as a population are kind of okay with mediocre in, in our politics. These are the people that are making our rules for us. Why are we giving them so much grace? But in reality, they should be listening to us. And if they and don't, they should lose their job. Exactly. <laughs> They're our employees. Exactly. Why they are we allowing shit? Why are we allowing shit employees to take care of our business for us? Like we are not being good business owners, guys. all right so oh here here's an interesting one uh so there's been there's been all kinds of things introduced along the way as far as legislation goes this is one of the most recent uh uh efforts for legislation Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and a number of Senate Democrats have finally introduced a bill to federally decriminalize marijuana. It's called the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. 
But the bill has a steep uphill battle, y'all. Public support for legalizing recreational marijuana is at a record high. A CBS poll from earlier this year found 66%, that's two-thirds, 66% of Americans support legalizing recreational use both in their state and federally. So far, 37 states and the District of Columbia have legalized the use of cannabis to varying degrees. Of those, 19 states and Washington, D.C. have legalized recreational use. But as of right now, Marijuana is still classified as a Schedule One substance by the DEA. That is the same classification as heroin. And it comes with harsh penalties for possession, sale, and cultivation, including up to a year in prison for first-time offenders. That's one side, right? So they're giving you that Democrats are introducing this bill. Here's my proof that this is not a one-side issue, this is a both-sides issue, and that both sides are smart on the issue whenever it's done in the correct way. This is Montana. This is the most conservative state in the union. As America embraces the quiet, the calm, after four years of Donald Trump, you may wonder what can fill the vast space between Democrats and Republicans in American politics. Weed. Here in Montana, there may be a rather bizarre answer to that question. It feels like America's never been more divided, apart from on marijuana, where a majority of Americans now support legalization. Take Montana. Here, 57% of people voted for Donald Trump, and the same percentage voted to make weed legal. So why is this the issue that seems to bridge the political divide and unite both the left and the right? The man behind getting weed on the ballot here last November was Pepper Peterson, the head of the Montana Cannabis Guild. 15% of the adult population consumes marijuana in some way. Originally from Tennessee, he's not what you might expect from someone in favor of legalizing recreational cannabis. So Pepper, you're a guy from the South who used to work for the NRA and here you are supporting marijuana legalization. Why is that? I think it just goes back to that freedom, the ethos of freedom. And Montanans don't want to tell you what to do at your place. They want to do what they want to do at their place. They don't want to tell you what to do at your place. We're trying to make all parties happy, but at the same time, you know, create a society that's livable and um, is tolerant. In the past, maybe some Republicans have been a little less tolerant. Maybe some Democrats have been a little less tolerant. But on marijuana, everybody seems to be coming together in what looks like a middle now. And it's not just the libertarian factor that explains why this is an issue that a conservative state can get behind. It's also about something central to American politics, money. In the lavish turn-of-the-century state capital, which was built by money from the mines that once powered this state, I met Republicans who realized that in today's world, the funding now needed to come from somewhere else. As we phase away from these, what would have normally been blue-collar type jobs, you know, the guys out cutting timber, lumber, coal, we, we have to get something in to backfill the pot. You've got a freedom issue and you've got an economic development issue, and I think it's uh, politically very, very popular and one that I think it'll be legalized within two years nationally. The change in marijuana attitudes has been drastic. 20 years ago, a Pew poll found that 63% of Americans didn't favor legalizing marijuana. Now it's reversed. Two-thirds want it legal. 36 states have indeed legalized medical marijuana. And 15 states have legalized recreational marijuana, with Virginia set to join the list. America's public enemy number one. Part of this shift is down to the failed war on drugs that for decades locked up thousands of people for minor drug offenses, the majority black Americans. 
With rising prison populations and the drugs still flowing, Americans and their politicians know this isn't working. So even Trump Republicans are behind legalization. We have seen a generation, particularly of black and brown youth, locked up for offenses that, not, that should have not resulted in any incarceration whatsoever. Racial injustice plays less of a role in Montana where 90 percent are white. Here, change has come due to medicinal cannabis being legal since 2004, meaning that many here have seen the benefits of the drug on chronic pain, anxiety and treating other issues. A lot of those people that are even conservative know that this is a safe medicine that a lot of people, even their family and and friends that they know have been affected by chronic debilitating conditions can actually help themselves with. There are bigger issues at play in post-Trump America. But this issue shows that while the nation is still divided, there has always been room for agreement that you can meet in the middle, even with marijuana. Yes, we can. We can definitely meet in the middle on that subject. Oh, yeah. I wish that it were that simple with everything. I just, I don't understand how half of our government grew up in a time period where it was it was the hippies. It was the, the 60s, the free love. They're the ones that are you know running the country right now, and they're, they're not on board. Chaos equals cash. Yeah, I know, but still... Like, you got to partake. Let, let us. <laughs> I, you can't just say that they don't get it. It's obvious. Like, oh, like he so said funny. in that clip, you know, it, you can just let, take a look at the, the war on drugs on the surface, not even talking about weed, just in general. Have, have drugs stopped coming over the border? Nope. Has anyone ever slowed down the production or distribution of drugs in this country? Nope. No. I also take the stance on it, and this is just my personal opinion. Um, it wasn't so much a war on drugs, like they said. It was a war on the black community in those days. It was another way to oppress them, to keep them down. I'd take it a step further. than I don't think it's even the color thing. I think it's, it's a situation of the government having its hand in the cookie jar to be able to affect anyone that can't defend themselves. Yep. Don't have to be black to be in that category. Mm-hmm. Be poor white. Be poor everything. Poor. Is, yeah. You hold down the poor and you get them in the prison system. And before you know it, they're stuck in that prison system. Can't get out. You got lifelong revenue there. Mm-hmm. It's sickening the way that, that these things play out. And the way that I'm, I'm not even going to say majority. Myself. We even put, we push all these issues down to where we just don't flat out pay attention to them anymore because it's not affecting our lives. But then who's to say that one day it won't affect your life? It will affect your life. We keep on letting these people just take control over every aspect of our lives before you know it we're going like how did how did this happen we let it happen because we turned a blind eye to it yeah because it didn't directly affect us yeah and and it all this stuff affects us you know you might not even smoke pot i guarantee you pot affects your life in some way or and it's someone in your life it could enhance their lives but you know that the closed-minded way of thinking will stop a family member from going because they heard their other family member tell them how dangerous it is or how, mm-hmm. without even digging in and getting real information. Yep. So, yeah, definitely uh, 
if you're one of those people that just relies on others for information, I implore you to start looking into things for yourself and reading these laws, especially when it comes to these midterm elections and coming up on 2024 for the presidential election. Our future is hanging in the balance. We don't need to look at it from a standpoint of red or blue. We need to look at it from a policy standpoint and a policy standpoint alone. Mm -hmm. These people aren't there to, to push the people's agenda they should not be representing the people. Exactly. All righty. So that was the uh, Republican side of things. And then we saw the Democratic side of things before. So let's talk about uh, employer level policy and getting the government out. When it comes to a person who's working at a business, if marijuana is legal rec recreationally for adult use, how does it work? when it comes to employment and uh, employee drug testing and the litany of things that go along with that. Yeah, so that, that is an important issue and that's one thing that I speak on when I go out and speak to employer groups. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, regardless of what industry you're in, everyone has to face the reality now that you know there is a proliferation of marijuana use by individuals and what that means for employment opportunities. But the ballot initiative that the people passed in 2018 specifically carves out that employers have the right to have a drug testing policy and can terminate employment or rescind offers of employment as long as it's in line with that, uh, that drug testing policy. So I think that's something as well that there's going to be a general evolution of and, and a good discussion on as we start to see marijuana become more normalized in the state. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a nod to employers uh, having the right to determine their, their own policies. And you're right, it's, it's an odd construct when marijuana is still illegal federally and now the state law gives this allowance. So I think it's important for people to understand as they seek job opportunities to understand what those drug policies might be for those specific employers. And I think one of the challenges with science is there's not a, a definitive test for impairment. You can certainly do a test for presence of THC in someone's system, but the challenge with that is because it's fat soluble, it's hard to tell how long it's been in their right. system. And there's no specific test for impairment as there would be for alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I think as that science catch, catches up, we'll see a more consistent interpretation and application of that when it comes to employment, when it comes to uh, driving while impaired as well. And I think that's an important aspect overall for citizens to understand. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with the get the government out and get the employer on board for sure. Oh, yeah. He said something in there, too. I'm trying to remember. I had a thought there at the end. I can't remember, though. <laughs> yeah. <A> squirrel. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... It's the test, the end test for impairment, like whether it's present or how oft or how recent it had been. I think I think the hemp in, hemp industry can be a vital part of this whole equation, right? Because if you have marijuana federally illegal still, even though they're trying to make all these moves and get it off Schedule One, great, it's not there yet. So what what you can do in the meantime is you could put this in the hands of hemp. Mm -hmm. Let hemp do the research. Let let people hemp is 100 legal so mm -hmm. let them find out everything they can about the plant let's find out the medical causes for it let's get this off schedule so that it can be researched put money behind the science and you will it it, it can't do anything but innovate exactly you know it can't do anything but get better so yeah there might not be a test now but put some money behind it put some science behind it put some smart people behind it 
maybe give them a little bit of pot. <laughs> and before long, you're going to have innovation, you're going to have science, you're going to have medical fact rather than just hyperbole. Well, I mean, look how far this industry has come just in the few years that it's uh, been around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen this go from a syringe, on one single syringe to where we, it's about time to go ahead and get another store and start packing that thing full mm-hmm. of product. The hemp industry is innovating faster than I've ever seen anything. We are constantly running out of room to to store the new things coming in. We're it's it's I think it's a quicker growing industry than the vape industry was. Yeah, I mean, if you have any idea, uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you know sales and you're looking for an industry that's blossoming, this one we got you. <laughs> Holy shit, get into the hemp industry exactly. Okay, so now we go to uh, just stigmas and just talking about why weed is good. Remember those Above the Influence commercials? That one girl is a literal skin flap with moving eyes for some reason. Or the other one featuring the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in like a third grade class. Honestly, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one is like one of my favorite commercials. The kid's like, hey Joey, I got some stuff for you to try. Pot, you know, marijuana. Yeah, those aren't accurate representations of what happens when you smoke weed. Now to be clear, I'm not saying kids should smoke weed. In fact, I'll go as far as to say kids should not smoke weed. This video is for the adults in the room. But yeah, the messages that those videos are trying to get across, that cannabis will ruin your life, make you lazy and dumb and unsuccessful, that's all bullshit. Several studies have found that weed smokers are often thinner, bitter, and generally more active than people who don't use cannabis. And while competing studies have claimed to find conclusive evidence linking lower IQs, lower levels of success, and lower levels of motivation or focus among repeat marijuana users have been found to be false, or at the very least conducted poorly. Even the authors of a 2012 study acknowledged that their data cannot definitively attest to whether there is a causal relationship between low IQs and prolonged cannabis use. And follow-up studies conducted among identical twins haven't found any evidence that marijuana use leads to a decline in intelligence. In fact, there are specific strains of marijuana some believe help with conditions like ADHD and depression, and for certain sativas, the effects have been compared to a cup of coffee, giving the user a shot of energy, which is perfect for that wake and bake to get your day started. And the myth that marijuana has no medical benefits, I mean, come on. I'll tell you what I've seen weed do. I've seen weed help stop seizures and children suffering with epilepsy. I've seen it fight the symptoms of cancer treatment. I've seen it help veterans suffering with PTSD take back control of their lives. I've seen weed make Blue Planet a cinematic expedition into the depths of my soul. And when mixed with Hennessy, rap, and dollar bills raining from the sky, I've seen weed make Magic City on a Monday truly magical. (laughs) And this plant is capable of doing so much more. Cannabis has already created 211,000 jobs across the country, and I've seen it help launch careers here at Vice, including my own. Erase the stigma, and we will solve the problems with marijuana. Yep. Educate. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Educate. It's garbage. It, it's garbage to say that um, long-time use makes people stupid. It just doesn't. No. If anything, I feel way smarter whenever I smoke. At least I think I do. 
And I think the government has actually known for a for a long, long before Nixon. I think they knew before that that it had medicinal benefits. Yeah, um, I think it's all in the, nowadays. It's this this next video will touch on this subject, but I, I think it's that everything comes down to that stigma, the misinformation behind it, the the culture behind it. You know, everything just seems to be shifting. And Seth Rogen talks a little bit about in this next clip uh, where quality matters, you know, and caring about the product matters. Um, we are a perfect example of that as well. If you are seeking out cheap product that has no medicinal value and extremely potent on a THC level and it's just going to knock your socks off and get you stupid high. Of course that's there. Of course you can get that at the gas station. But geez, like what kind of, you know, what's it going to feel like or, or what's in it? What you know? else is in it? Yeah, exactly. Do you buy your medicine at a gas station? Mm-mm. You know, like just don't do it. So quality does matter. And if you're in an area where you don't have many options. There are online options. You can use people like us with getgoodlife.com. You can find, there's there's many good product lines out there. You just got to dig for it. And I promise you, it's not found in a gas station. So, you know, you remove the stigma, you raise the quality, you change people's perceptions. And before you know it, people take it serious. Uh, so this is kind of Seth Rogen going into houseplant and his stance which i share his stance on quality and presentation how actively involved are you in this i mean are you hugely i spend as much time working on it as as i do film and and our other things and we've been working on this for almost 10 years and truthfully like i view it i love it i love weed and and i've seen that i'm able to talk about it and communicate what I love about it in a way that that people, other people who love weed, uh, that they uh, they it, it rec- they receive it well, you know. Well, they yes, to it. Um, you've always so, yeah, you've always been honest about your weed use, and I I trust that you would have a good product. I do. I wanted this to reflect me and my sensibilities and and what I love, and 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 that's why like. You know, we spent so much time on the packaging and the design because it, to us that was very important. And to me, it was super important that that weed look good and that it be treated like a good product. Like mm. weed to me is one of the best products there is, you know, and in a world mm. where like our headphones get beautiful packaging and, you know, things that are objectively not incredibly special get treated very special. Um I very firmly felt that weed should be treated that way and that we should create a product that feels very considered and very thoughtful. And by doing that, I thought it would destigmatize weed in general because if something is presented in a thoughtful, considered way, it makes it seem less illicit. It makes it seem um, less controversial, you know? Um, It makes it seem more... Uh, more like any other great product that 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 is being elevated by the people who are who are selling it, you know. And so that was really a lot of the philosophy behind what we wanted to do with Houseplant was like we kept saying like we want to be the company that we deserve. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a cool stance to take. I I take that with this business as well. Yeah, the products that we have been are very appealing to the eye on the outside. They're very professional looking. 
if it looks like it can be bought at a gas station or it was thrown together overnight, it's not on the shelves. Yep. It's got a very <sighs> professional look to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in love with a lot of the products that we have on our shelves. I'm in love with our products that we have on the shelves. We've recently just got all of our test results back. So our products are coming onto the website next week. We got some new stuff. We're working on a whole bunch of new stuff. We're always working. <sighs> it's been so good to be back. I was super nervous about doing it. And now I'm happy we did it. Yeah. I told you. <laughs> it just takes you a minute to warm up. Yeah. I have a anxiety issue. I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we have we are have come to the end of the show. Uh, we got, of course, if you're familiar with us, we try to leave it on a light note. So we got a little bit of reefer madness for everybody to end the show. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you for hanging out with us. We've missed y'all. Yes, we have. And I'm assuming we'll be, I don't want to give you a date. I don't know when we're going to be back because we haven't even planned out the next show. But I promise you it's not going to be another long wait. We'll get back at least within this week, I promise. Y'all leave us some comments on what y'all want to hear us talk about. Like, give us some yeah. ideas. We want, to, we want to know what y'all want to hear. Yeah, engagement makes this a lot easier. You know, with the format that we have where we stream live on Twitch, we're still trying to get all the bugs worked out. With It might just go to a simple two-microphone-type setup and, and just go super easy so that we can make this to where it's always clear for you. So... We're always working the kinks out. Audio is always going to be the best way for now. So check us out on Apple Podcast. Leave us some feedback on our social media. Check out our website at getgoodlife.com. All of these places are here for you. And of course, if you're local, we will see you soon at the store. Please come by and say hi. Let us know that you saw us on the podcast so that we know that we're not just talking to ourselves. Why don't we start dropping a code for Twitch that's just Twitch and we say it at the end of the you could do that. How about this? Listen. When we end the stream, Twitch 20 will be, no, just do Twitch. 20% off with the code Twitch. It will work as soon as I get off this live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you sticking around. And here is some reefer madness. We will see you all soon. Bye, guys. Reefer. Is it really the cat's meow or a feast of death? Let's take a closer look. This is Chad Buckington, a law student living in a co-ed dorm. Chad's studies are his first priority, but when a classmate introduces him to Reefer, it's another story. No, Chad, no! No, Chad! The devil's lettuce! Neglecting studies. Binging on alcohol. The diligent law student we once knew is gone. His sharp mind now crazed with reefer. <laughs> Chad has become a hippie. Dancing. Homosexuality. Fried foods. In the time it took you to view this film, 475,000 of our peers have become hopelessly addicted to marijuana.
So the next time one of your pals tells you that marijuana is out of sight, just say, No thanks, Skeeter. I'm okay the way I am. Hot damn! We'll really see you guys soon. I... <laughs> damn it, Chad. <laughs> Bye, guys. Y'all have a great day. Bye.